Thank you for listening to the About Sports Podcast. Be sure you're subscribed so every time we post a new podcast, you're alerted. Without further ado, let's get right into things. Well, welcome back in, everybody, to About Sports. Thank you for listening on this Friday. It is hot and humid here in the Mid-South, and uh, I kind of joked about it earlier with my special guest here on our 10th episode, A Little Milestone, but I kind of joked with him earlier about it getting ready for the podcast. Is it really a full week of Mid-South slash Memphis weather if you don't go through 45-degree uh Winter, I don't I don't know what you would call it, but we've been through every season here in the past week, it seems like, and just that's about. Memphis. Uh, yeah, that's Memphis for you. Yeah, and so I have a special guest, like I just said. Um, he is the middle school pastor at First Assembly Memphis, a Memphis alumni from the university, obviously. The man loves Memphis. He's wearing a shirt right now that says, Keep It 901. Memphis is in this man's blood, uh, and he is Nathan Bradbury. So, Nathan... Why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself, and let's go. Yeah, uh, so I am a husband, a father, uh, a communicator. Uh, I am my, my job is to equip and empower students to be influencers in their community, in their schools, uh, in their families, with their friends. So uh, it's a lot of fun what I get to do, and like Aubrey said, I'm, I'm all about Memphis, all about it. Uh, I love supporting local businesses, uh, repping Memphis. Um, but I, what that kind of translates to actually is I like to know what's the heartbeat of a city. Um, I recently visited some family up in Wichita, Wichita, Kansas. Uh, and so for us, for me and my wife, we like to look at what's something local. How can we support uh, that city? And so we love looking for local restaurants, local businesses that we can love and support. But that's just kind of, that's what it really is for us. We love supporting uh, local things. One thing I love about Memphis, and this is like an obvious thing for a lot of people, is not, it's the barbecue. Yeah, the barbecue is good. But the food here overall is phenomenal. I, I find it hard to go anywhere, any other city, and find as much of a melting pot of different restaurants. Like, and we... We have yes, you have some bad restaurants, but like, for the most part, we have a lot of different even, types of food that you can get, and they're all really even, good. Even vegan, yeah, even like, vegan there's restaurants. Been a lot that's there's an Imagine Vegan, which I've had before. Um, I think I've had it twice now, and I've had Imagine Vegan, and that is just phenomenal. You can't even tell it's like. <laughs> like vegan it's just it's great yeah there's they they cook meat on the grill that's what it is but you know what's crazy is we have all yeah that's what it is we have all these restaurants and all these cool places in memphis but you know where i went to eat last week where'd you go cracker barrel uh son last wednesday cracker Barrel. yeah i know you guys didn't actually invite me oh you were I invited said, i said i said let me know when you guys are going and I came downstairs, and you guys were gone. Oh, my gosh. I'm so, sorry. Uh, you should have texted us. Uh, <laughs> me being in Foundry in a ministry school, we see uh, Pastor Nathan here often. But, yeah, I had Cracker Barrel, and one of the conversations that came up at Cracker Barrel, and then we'll dive into the sports on this podcast, I promise, was uh, Chandler. He was talking about uh, – Cracker Barrel had, like, these, these hose, like garden hose and, like, uh, gosh, just shovels and all sorts of things on the wall. And Chandler said this would be the place to come if a zombie apocalypse happened. Uh, yeah, I'm going to a Cracker Barrel. They got all the best food, and they got zombie apocalypse. Well, I've been working at Walgreens recently, and I'll tell you, Walgreens has everything you need. They've got a refrigerator. Uh, they've got a safe. They've got a tornado shelter room. I mean, they've got what you need. But I'll say this. 
it's it's crazy with my generation. I don't know how much yours is. You're you're a couple of years older than me, but especially like older people than us, I feel like we talk about zombie apocalypses more than any generation ever. Like if it's a literal wow. thing that's gonna happen, like we prepare for it. I know I know a thirty five year old who has a go bag with like like Glocks, guns, ammo, like everything you can think of to survive like maybe two weeks of a zombie apocalypse. He has a tent. He has the little water filter, the straws that you could drink just straight out of a river. He's got like, I think, 10 of those. <laughs> just Well, the thing is, we prepare for the zombie apocalypse, something that's fictional, and our parents' generation, they prepared for a Russian invasion. Like that's that's what they were, that's well, what they were preparing for. Our equivalent to Russia was North Korea. Especially but. with the new Red Dawn movie. Original Red Dawn was Russia. Then was, the next yeah. one was North Korea. I, I don't know. It, I just find it fascinating how much we talk about zombie apocalypses in my generation. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll happen one day. Maybe not. That'd be kind of cool if it did. Sure. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for the zombie apocalypse. It'll take me out Welcome of this Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> it'll take me out of zombies. Yeah. It'll take me out of this Dallas Cowboys disaster that's going on but if we want to talk about zombies we can talk about the cowboys that are like barely walking yeah they're, they're, they have no motivation they look like a zombie no they're not zombies because the football would be humans they don't even go to the football oh that they, is true they run that a, is true they run away from it <laughs> uh but yeah let's dive into a little bit of sports uh we just touched on this briefly nathan and i we're in a fantasy league together yep how's that going for you this year now i will say the first four weeks were, were a little rough. And there were some weeks where I was really, really, like, I was doing pretty decent. Um, but the last two weeks have been pretty good. I, I feel like I've been doing pretty well. I, I won. Uh, I'm on a two-game winning streak. Don't okay. jinx it. Now, I'm probably going to lose this week. Uh, but I feel like I'm doing decent. What helped me last week was that Derrick Henry went off. Like, he had <laughs> 40 points. That man went off. He, he, he went off. Like, completely off. He threw some folks. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Well, yeah, I mean, we're in fantasy together. I'm, I'm, I know a lot of you guys don't care about uh, fantasy, but I'm having a good little win streak here myself. I'm on a three-game win streak uh, in our conference that they have us put in. I'm in the East Conference, uh, and I'm tied for the number one seed against Luke Lindemann which is your brother-in-law, and we're yeah. both 4-2. Uh, I've just got mo- more points for me and less points against me than he does. So who knows? I might win this thing, but uh, Jim Pollard, if you're listening to this, Nathan and I can both agree we want you to lose out the rest of the season. We don't even your want Your standing projection has changed, though. Yeah. Because at one point you were down to like eight. Now now you're projected to be fifth. That but... was on a two two-game win streak, and I was predicted to be like – Next to last in our league. It's whatever. Fantasy football, it makes sense sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. A big, big, big topic here in the NFL to dive us right into, like, the legitimate sports talk. Tua Tungavaola is going to get his start here, not this week, but next week. Obviously, the Dolphins are on the bye. I have a couple things about that, and then I'll let you hit on it. Uh, Man, we all knew going in that this was not Ryan Fitzpatrick's team. We knew that this team was being designed and built for Tua, um, but Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing some some good football. He's had a, quite a few turnovers, as usual, as Ryan Fitzpatrick does. But I'm shocked with the mood uh, because I said this uh, on a couple of episodes, the Dolphins are a good football team, especially when they blew out the Jets. In fact, you were the person who asked me, 
are the Jets just that bad or are the Dolphins that good? And I said the Dolphins are good. All of their losses except for one have been by a touchdown or less. I mean, they've, they've held in the football game with Seattle and Buffalo. And so I do understand maybe the coaches are seeing something in Tua at practice. Here's the thing. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is balling out with that team, imagine how much Tua can ball out with that team. Yeah. Tua is significantly better than Fitzpatrick. But I was shocked because maybe there is a team chemistry there uh, that Tua won't have. Who knows? we got to wait and see how it happens. But as an Alabama fan, I'm excited for Tua. Uh, I, I'm about to buy his Dolphins jersey. He's going to be the first Dallas Cowboys jersey that – I, it's, he's going to be the first jersey I own that's not a Dallas Cowboys jersey, which I'm excited for that. And then the next one will be Derrick Henry. Um, I'm waiting to see how he does the rest of this year before I buy his. So, Nathan, what, what were your thoughts when Ryan Fitzpatrick lost his job to Tua at a 3-3 three and three record in second place to win their division? Well, here's so here's the thing. Fitzpatrick, he is currently playing some of the best – football that he's ever played in his entire career like i'm just kind of glancing at his stats his completion percentage is way higher than he has in any of his other game any of his other years which again like he's only played six games compared to uh some years he's played a full 16 sometimes it's about 10 uh, but he's playing really well he's throwing for a decent amount of yardage um but you even mentioned it Tua. We're, we don't know what's going on in practice. Like, mm-hmm. media does not media is not allowed in practice, so we have no idea what Tua is doing in practice. And these coaches, um, the, the Miami coach, he, he even said, like, this is Tua's team, and we were waiting until Tua was at the point where he could actually uh, play well, and we weren't going to push him. We weren't going to rush him back. We wanted to make sure he was completely healthy, his leg – uh, his leg was all good. That the way there wasn't a massive chance for uh, re-injuring his leg, but he wanted to make sure that Tua was at maximum health before they brought him back. And I guess he was already at that point, probably doing really, really well in practice. Um, but I also get it for Fitzpatrick too, because like if he's playing really good football and he's also he's getting up there in age, yeah, he's and he's 38. not somebody that has solidified himself as like a guaranteed Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. but he's someone that could definitely still be a backup quarterback that you could rely on for anything. But I could definitely understand like he, if, if you are working so hard to make sure that you earn that spot Mm -hmm. and then it's just kind of taken from you, like I can understand being upset and being hurt from that. Yeah. I know a lot of Dolphins fans and a lot of people that are just excited to see Tua play. I don't know one person who doesn't like Tua. I mean, the guy is great. He loves the Lord. He respects his opponents. He's always like – he's just a great guy with good character. And so everybody's obviously excited. And like you mentioned, there's a lot of questions about his injury. Should they have waited the whole season and maybe maybe even waited two seasons, which I don't think they should have waited two. Um, but there was a lot of questions, obviously, with the, the ankle injury he had early in the year last year with Alabama and then the biggest one uh, that a lot of people were concerned about was the hip injury and after the hip surgery uh, that he suffered the broken hip to Mississippi State you know a lot of questions about it here's the thing that I said uh, to some friends about this the NFL's doctors are just insanely special Um, and, and college football doctors are insanely special as well but there's even more of a step forward when you get into the NFL 
I mean, we see it with the concussion stuff now with all the protocols we have. I mean, they just literally take a tent that like is on the ground, pull it up, and they have a medical tent there, you know? And so here's the thing about this. If the doctor said Tua is 100% ready to go, which they said that at the draft, and now that's been, oh my gosh, so many more weeks. We've had all the way from the draft until now, and then we've had seven weeks of football. We're going into week seven. I, I think Tua is ready. Um, who knows? I think Tua's going to ball out. What would be insane, though? What is going to be insane is if Tua takes this team to the Super Bowl because that Miami defense, they're 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 not bad. They're a good defense, and a lot of people don't believe me, but I mean they stumped Josh Allen and Russell Wilson for a little bit. So if they can do that, oh my gosh! And Tua, bring it. What if he brings? What if he brings a new fire? What if he brings a spark that just elevates this team? I mean, what if what if Tua is the missing piece? of those one possession losses. Yeah. You, you never know. And so, I don't know. I'm excited to see Tua. I don't I don't have too much terrible things. I hate it for Ryan Fitzpatrick, another class act guy. I mean, he has played all over the NFL. He's done his job well. He 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 is one of the best backups ever. He will win you football games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great guy and he's a good backup quarterback. I, I think we all have to remember that Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a starter. Um, he's a good backup quarterback and also before we before we leave this props to the miami front office for getting rid of josh rosen because my goodness like everybody when and they even didn't even have him at first but they like they could have been stuck with josh rosen right now yeah josh that's a sad story in the nfl where is josh rosen at right now uh, he's still whimpering after that lost to Memphis when he was playing for UCLA. He's, he's a backup quarterback. Oh my gosh. He's a backup quarterback for Tampa Bay. I didn't I didn't even know Yikes. I didn't even know well that could be good for him. Well yeah that is true. That could With be Tom Brady there under Tom to help to help teach him some of the tr- I'm not gonna bash Josh Allen right now. I mean uh I'm not gonna bash Josh Rosen right now. Well, then, yeah let me wait. Oh. Let me wait. <laughs> let me yeah Okay, it Never takes mind. some people a little bit more years than other. Let me back up just a little bit there. Uh, the trade deadline is creeping up on us, which is insane to think that we're already almost halfway through the NFL almost season. halfway through. Oh, my gosh. It, you blink and it's halfway through. I think it's we've all been waiting for this. We've all With COVID, we've all been waiting for sports. We've all been waiting for football, and we got it. And well, now it's here. It was the blur. So it was that blur of everything happening at the same time. I mean – uh, the stat of NFL, NBA, yeah. MLS, MLB, NHL, and the WNBA all playing on the same day. Six professional sports that was awesome, playing though. on the same day. But it's also because COVID has completely changed the the landscape of sports yeah. in the last little bit. And so everything was happening all at once. And then now it's kind of slowed down because uh, the NHL is over. Um, Major League Baseball is almost over with the World Series happening right now. Go Dodgers. Um, the NBA is done. The Lakers winning the, the championship. Uh, and so now we're left with the NFL and mm-hmm. so and college football. So it's it's kind of back to normal. You know what I saw the other day? If the L.A. Dodgers win the World Series, which, good Lord, I hope they do. L.A. Dodgers win. The L.A. Lakers win. And guess who else is playing really well right now? The L.A. Rams. What if the three major sports in America 
Well, they there, all, they there was all actually to LA. You're talking about that. So the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And the Rays are in the World Series right now. And the Buccaneers are playing really well. And I think somebody put I, – I saw this – we don't gamble. But <laughs> I did see this line where somebody put, I think, like 40 bucks down on all three Tampa Bay professional sports teams winning their respective championships. And they were going to win $8,000 just by putting $40 down. And that means – so that means that the Rays – because the Rays were playing uh, – they were one of the best teams in baseball this year. But if all three of those win – I mean that's kind of the same thing. So yeah. we have either L.A. or Tampa Bay has they both have an opportunity. I'll say this, to do that this. Oh my year. gosh! After watching Game Two of the World Series, I don't know if you watch a lot of baseball. Me being a Dodgers fan, I've only been a Dodgers fan for a couple years now. Uh, I'm just now finally getting into the logistics of baseball, the details of it. Oh my gosh! If we cannot manage our pitching crew better, then we're not going to win this World Series. I just I don't get it. I think Dodgers should win tonight. They better win tonight. Game three is tonight. I hope the Dodgers win. Uh, but yeah, like I said, week eight's approaching. The trade deadline is creeping up on us. Um, there's been a lot of talks of Julio Jones being on the block. We had an NFL um, scout come in and tweet the other day that as uh, I forgot what team it was. A, uh, teams coaches came out of their coaches meeting saying Julio's on the block um, and there's a lot of talk about Julio Jones being moved from the Atlanta Falcons and some of his potential landing spots one of them entails the New England Patriots and the second biggest one which I thought was the biggest of them all uh, was the Baltimore Ravens and I was curious as to how this trade will work out I, I think Julio to New England makes sense, uh, but will Bill Belichick bite the bullet and do that? Who knows? Bill Belichick can't draft well at all. And so <laughs> uh, draft picks to him are probably nothing at this point. Um, but the Baltimore Ravens, this one is – this one, it was Patriots, Ravens, and the Eagles. And both the Baltimore Ravens and the Eagles make the most sense to me because the Baltimore Ravens need a number one wide receiver. Yeah, they've got uh, Marquise Brown, and yeah, he's fast, and yeah, they've got uh, Will Sneed, but those are two, some of the same prototypes. Both are fast. Now, Will Sneed is, uh, I believe he's shorter than Brown, but the Ravens also bringing Des Bryant to their practice squad is big because Des Bryant is a veteran. Um, and, and a lot of people thought he slowed down. Maybe he is an ex explosive, but if you look at his social media and his Instagram, he's still got the hands. He's still been practicing this whole time after he recovered from his Achilles tear that he had when he's with new Orleans, uh, he's still been balling out. And so this Julio trade, uh, I read it was going to be Will Sneed and a second round pick for Julio. And that makes a lot of sense. And the Baltimore would receive a fourth-round pick with Julio. That makes sense to me, and that's something to look out for. And then, obviously, if Carson Wentz could get him a number one guy uh, there in Philly, that'd be big too. But I, I don't know of a lot of blockbuster trades. The the Ravens traded for Yannick Ngakwe the other day. I just I don't. Okay, I was just thinking about this as I was kind of scrolling through ESPN. They had a story that J.J. Uh, Watts' time in Houston was running out. Houston is currently one and five. So entirely hypothetical. If if the, if it actually happens, you heard it first here on AB Sports. Okay. What if 
JJ Watt. I know where you're going. Gets traded. I know where you're going. Like, what? It, I mean, because you think about how effective JJ Watt is. Wait, in the where do you rush. think he's going to get traded to? That's the thing is, I'm not entirely sure. I thought you were about thought, to say Pittsburgh. Now, you do realize that if that happens, it's pretty much over. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like, for, I'm not. Houston, it, it, I'm Houston, not. That's the best defense. If the, if 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 the Steelers were to hypothetically acquire JJ Watt, I, I don't mean, know what they would give up though. That's the thing. But I mean, for JJ Watt, I the hard the hard thing that I that I think would keep it from uh, that would keep the Texans from getting rid of. J.J. Watt is because of how much he means to the city of Houston and how much he's affected them and everything, like, and how much he loves that city, gives back to the city. I just, from a from a standpoint of we need to make sure that we're thinking about the future, and J.J. Watt is getting up there. He has had a couple of injuries that have kept him out in the past couple of years. Is he a piece that they could yeah. move for a couple of good draft picks that they could rebuild with? But the other thing with that too is that Deshaun Watson, like his rookie contract's almost over, and are you wanting to make sure that he's secure too? I don't think Deshaun. Depending on who the Texans hire as their next head coach, I don't know if Deshaun Watson gets there. What, what the Texans kind of remind me of is Memphis Grizzlies a couple years ago with Mike Conley and Mark Gasol, and Mark Gasol being the the face of the Grizzlies franchise. Yeah. No, he I was, can see that he was traded. Uh, I'll say this. It's not going to be the Texans. It's probably not going to be J.J. Watt wants to move on. Uh, obviously, he wants to win the big game, but it'll probably be the Texans don't want to let him go either, and it's going to sting. I can see J.J. Watt being moved. Um, that's a great point. I don't know where he would be moved to. Uh, a team that I think would be a good landing destination for him is Pittsburgh. If they could, What could they give up for him potentially? But I'm looking at a Saints team that desperately needs help on that defensive line. Uh, they've lost a couple of their guys. Uh, yeah. The Saints with J.J. Watt, that would be huge. So yeah. I don't know. Again, there's not a lot of talks right now, but we all know how this is going to happen after this week is over, week seven here in the NFL. Things are going to shake up, and people are going to start putting people on the block, and you never know. I mean, people you don't believe – to be put on the trading block are going to be put on there. And that's the beauty of the NFL. Uh, moving on, we got a couple of big games here in the NFL this week. Uh, the first one, obviously, being the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I've got the Titans in this one. I know, Nathan, you're a Steelers fan. And, and I kind of talked about it last episode. I, I just – the Steelers' defense is good. I give them that. They're better than good. They're probably the best defense in the NFL. But the offense is just finicky to me. And Big Ben is finicky to me. And everybody's been talking about how he's playing good football. Where? Where? He's had one 300-yard game, and his other biggest game was just a three-touchdown game. And so, I don't know. I think Mike Rabel can stop the Steelers' run. I don't think the Steelers – I don't think Ryan Tannehill's getting enough credit. And I think this is going to be a big game for him to prove himself. I don't think people understand the impact Ryan Tannehill has on the Tennessee Titans. Mike Vrabel, like, literally backed up butt backwards into Ryan Tannehill. And he is playing, in 15 games, 40 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That's just – that's MVP numbers. And so, I don't know. I, I like the Titans in this game. Nathan, I know you're going to probably lean more towards your Steelers. You've already kind of done that to me a little bit this week. Uh, but this Sunday, 
Uh, it's the CBS 12 p.m. game. I, I've got the Steelers losing to the Titans, and I'll give this a big score game. I really will. I think this is. I think the Steelers' defense is not going to be on their A game this week. I think the Titans are going to wear them down. I think this game is like a 31-24 game. Maybe, maybe not even a touchdown spread. Uh, I don't know. Maybe 34-31. Who knows? What do you think, so, Nathan? So here. I, I can I can see where Aubrey's coming from in terms of uh, the Steelers getting caught off guard. So the Steelers have the Ravens next week. Uh, big rivalry game, and it's at the Ravens, and it's the Ravens are coming off of a bye week. And so you're going to have you're going to you might see the Steelers looking forward. Um, the last time that the Steelers had this long of a stretch without a bye, uh, they actually went to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> they really did. Um, but looking at the stats, looking at how everything is, so uh, FPI puts it that there's a 52% chance that the Steelers would win, uh, a 0.4% in a tie, and then 48-ish percent uh, for the Titans. It's literally a toss-up because you have two, uh, two offenses that are actually playing really, really well, two teams that really depend on the run game, um, two teams that also depend on some big plays down the stretch. Um, a big, big injury that the Steelers have this week yeah, that's another is thing. Devin Bush being out on injured reserve because he tore his ACL, and it sucks. I'm that what an incredible player out of Michigan. Incredible uh, player. He is. He's one of those that you want on your team because he is all. In yeah, um, but the Titans also y'all lose a player. The Titans get their best corner back this week in Adoree Jackson. So, I, and we're still and we're still out. Mike Hilton, yeah, he's still listed as out. And the other the other thing too is the Titans only have two people questionable right now: um, an offensive tackle, and then AJ Brown. AJ Brown is still questionable as a wide receiver. So, I mean. But let you, me, AJ let, Brown's gonna play. You get the questionables over, all the time. AJ Brown's gonna play. So the over under on this game is fifty and a half. I honestly think that it's gonna be over. Um, it's if I, there's it's a be game, over. if there's a game that the Steelers would lose in this next little bit, I really think it's this one because again, they're Baltimore's next week. You don't want to give everything away, and. I'd rather have a win against the Ravens than a win against the because Titans. Because it's your division. It's a division. You need that win, yeah. But I also have a – there's this gut feeling that the run game, if they can get Derrick Henry shut down, then that's going to – then I just – I have a hard time seeing Ryan Tannehill well, we've digging already, him out of that hole. We've already seen it this season, though, and I, I talked about it. Uh, on a couple episodes ago, Ryan Tannehill plays well. He doesn't just have to have Derrick Henry. And that's that's the thing about the Titans this year, it seems like, is if Derrick Henry hasn't played well, guess who has? The bad man, Ryan Tannehill. And if Ryan Tannehill hasn't played well, guess what? Derrick Henry. So I don't know. Uh, if I said something about the Steelers. Obviously, they're entering their juggernaut uh, series here going up in these next few games. I uh, said it on the last podcast. If you guys want to know uh, what I think more about the Steelers and the rest of their season, go check out the last episode. Uh, the next big game, uh, there's there's probably three more we could choose from. We'll, we'll kind of go over one of them. Uh, but the next big one that I'm looking at is Seattle versus the Cardinals. <sighs> After the Cardinals obliterated the Cowboys. And I, like I say, 
I was wrong. I'm saying it on my podcast. I thought Dallas could win that game, but Zeke can't hold on to a football, so I was wrong. I think I think this could be the slippery C- like a butter. I think this could be the Seahawks' first loss. I I really think it could be. I think the Cardinals mm. are a good team, and I still said that. Um, I was shaky about their defense, but their defense had a big stride against the Cowboys team. But the Cowboys are beat up, but I still give the Cardinals coaching staff some credit. This is a big test for Seattle, obviously a a divisional game, so it's going to be tense. Um, I think Seattle could lose this game. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to allow it. Seattle, I I think Seattle wins this to move to 6-0. I think it's going to be... Uh, probably a 24-10 game. I don't think it'll be a big scoring game. If this game is the Seahawks to lose, like the yeah, Cardinals, it, the Cardinals can show up, but it's up to the Seahawks and how they're going to respond. Because I, like, I think the Cardinals are still young enough to where they could definitely have some issues. Um, but I also think that you have Russell Wilson playing in all reality, an MVP caliber season. Right. That if he if he makes one, two mistakes, one, two interceptions, or there's 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 at least one to two turnovers, I could see this game going to the Cardinals. Well, I'll but, give him I'll give him some room because his other candidate against him is obviously Josh Allen for the Bills who've lost two games back to back. And I'll say this, I think the Bills are better than the Steelers right now. And the Titans handled the Bills. So kind of going back to the Steelers-Titans game. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I give if Russell Wilson has a bad game, I'll let it relax. But he hardly ever has a bad game. I mean, he hardly ever has had a few bad games. And then the next game, we'll just briefly touch this, is the Buccaneers and Raiders. Um, is this another situation uh, where uh, the Raiders got to prove themselves? I don't know. Um, I think every week the Raiders got to prove themselves. Yeah, I mean, there's potential there with John Gruden. I mean, they obviously beat Kansas City. There's potential there, but, but I think last week the Buccaneers, game. I think the Buccaneers arrived last week. I think uh, they invested. When is the ship gonna arrive? And after last week, when I've, they blew out the Packers, Tampa Bay is here, and NFL is gonna get interesting. And then the biggest game, other than the Steelers and Titans. The Bears and Rams. This is interesting to me. And the Bears are five and one. Who would have thought? Nick Foles has won his two games as starting. Oh my gosh, this is insane to me. If the Bears move to six and one, I'm not sold on them being legit. I've had a few people tell me this week uh, that they're sold on them. If the Bears move to six and one, I'm sold. I am sold. If the Bears move to six and one, I don't even. I just when I watch this team, their defense isn't making like big special plays. They're just a a good football team. It's kind of like the Titans, except their defense is better for the Bears. They're just a good football team. So, oh my gosh, I don't know. I think the Bears win this one, uh, 31-27. Yeah, I think the Bears. The it's hard because the Bears have struggled to rebuild their team since they faced the Colts in the Super Bowl, uh, however many years ago. My goodness. Uh, But I think the Bears have finally hit a stride. Part of it is scrapping some of those wins in the first little bit, but also, like, they they have a system that's actually going to work, uh, and they're they're moving. And this is going to be a test, just like for the Raiders. It's going to be a test against the Bucs. 
I think this is going to be a game where the Bears need to prove themselves. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is going to be a big game for the Bears and them proving themselves. Uh, but it's also a big game for the Rams uh, proving themselves again. If they can beat this Bears team, that'll speak volume of them. And if it's a close game and both teams kind of you know lose and it's like a final drive moment or a last 54-yard field goal attempt and that's how one team wins, it's, it's going to say a lot of both. But if one team gets blown out, I think that's kind of like bad for both teams. Um, yeah. m- moving on to our last segment of today's show, college football. College football, obviously the big game this week <laughs> in the South, Alabama versus Tennessee. It's football time. It's football time here in Tennessee, and the Crimson Tide are set to take on the Tennessee Vols, and guess what? It ain't even going to be fair. I was thinking about being nice to Tennessee, saying I'm scared. Uh, in a way, I am because they played well against Bama last year. But my gosh, if Alabama doesn't blow this team out, I think they will. I think I think it's gonna be a slaughtering. Bama will probably put up 35 points in the first half. It's gonna be. It, it's it'll either be a close game in the first half, and then Alabama blows them out, or it's just gonna be first drive. Bama drives down. Scores a touchdown, and we can just go ahead and switch to another channel. I know it's not even going to be a game. <laughs> I know Nick Saban has never lost games like this, like to Tennessee. He's had three close ones, but just Alabama not winning the Natty the last few years. This game has me worried because Tennessee is still a good football team. But after losing to Kentucky, I'm like, and and Bama blowing no, no, out no, no, Georgia. No, 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 no. They Bama- did not just lose to Kentucky; they got beat. <laughs> They got the mess beat out of them by Kentucky. And Alabama beat Georgia. Yeah. Blew Georgia out, 17 points. I mean, Georgia was holding their own, and then Alabama just got that extra kick and just— It's that defensive line. Alabama has so much depth there, and they continuously are rotating it. But uh, if Tennessee goes no huddle, that's going to worry me as an Alabama fan. And I think Tennessee will— I think Jeremy Pruitt's going to be smart. He's going to have to pull out a lot of tricks because yeah. the way Tennessee fans are, and I'm not saying they sh- they're right, they're not right. Uh, this game, uh, if they lose badly, they're going to start calling for Jeremy Pruitt's job. And oh my gosh, just whatever. Because it's a oh yeah, it's, it's that, a Tennessee. It's that powerhouse. Yeah, that one, yeah. One national title in the last twenty years. But okay. <laughs> yeah, the best <laughs> team in Tennessee, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> but, but I think you said it earlier. The best team in Tennessee this week is going to be uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Ain't no doubt about it. Uh, Ohio State opens up their game this week, their college football season. Uh, I'm interested to see how this is going to be. <sighs> they are hyping this. this they're week hyping up it up a lot. They're hyping it up. They're they're hyping this Ohio State team up. They almost beat. Clemson in the playoffs last year. They got almost every one of their members returning. They're hyping this Ohio State team up. Uh, I'm interested to see. I'm going to watch this game. Um, I'm going to watch Alabama as well, but I'm going to look closely in at this Ohio State game. A couple things I'm looking for. Is their defense going to be better because they've had the more practice than every team that's been playing thus far? They had more essentially uh, practicing and training and stuff, or are they going to be more cautious because they've seen the injuries that have happened in football this season? So Ohio State, who knows whatever's going to happen this weekend. Uh, but I'm interested to see that. I still think after this week the college football ranking system is flawed. Tell me a team this week that's better than Georgia. 
other than Alabama and Georgia. You got Notre well, Dame above Georgia. Okay, so when when Aubrey talked about how I think that Memphis should be number one, I don't. I very rarely ever think that Memphis should be just number one. Here's the problem that I end up having is very we, rarely. That like, means like at one point you do think that. Absolutely that was when I was not. naive. Let me just say that. <laughs> but like for example, when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decided they were not going to play. All of the voters took them out of their rankings, and they ranked teams that were going to play. As soon as the Big Ten said, we're going to play football, Ohio State, Michigan, all these, all these teams from the Big Ten end up back in the rankings. They haven't played a single minute of football, and they're already back in the rankings. And I get it, the rent, you have to have rankings to start – but when you put a team in there that starts out in the top 25 and they're not a good team, I mean, it's, it's like we're putting them up to fail and we're not actually basing teams on yeah. their quality of play. To back that up, um, LSU, that's a great example. Oh, my Lord. They lost so many players and yet they come in. And what were they, number one, number two? They were they were in the top five. They least. were in the top five, and in when it happened for the season even started, I said LSU's not a top five team. Like I get it, they're the national champions. They won it like by a margin, but when they lost all their players, I'm like, they're not they're not getting back to that. There there's no way, and they put them in top five, and we see where they're at now. Now I think they're gonna cook. I think they're gonna get heated up as the season continues to progress, but. Yeah, I mean, at the end of this week, I, I'm with you. I don't think any of these teams that are rated should have been rated until they played their first game. Um, Ohio State is predicted. Here, this is what aggravates me: is Alabama blew out number three team in the nation. Mm-hmm. Clemson blew out who? Who? Who do they blow out again? I literally forgot. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. They, Seventy-three to seven. They hung seventy up on them. I mean, my goodness. But what? What is more impressive? Alabama blowing out the number three team in the nation. Or, or Clemson blown out Georgia Tech. It doesn't make sense to me because people still – Georgia, I think, has the best defense in college football still, regardless after that loss. And Alabama blew them out. It, that's okay to say that. Georgia lost to what I think should be the number one team. And here's how this is going to go. Ohio State, before the season was predicted and before teams were saying they're going to play, they're not going to play, was predicted to be number one overall. And if Ohio State wins this game soundly by 24 or more points, guess where they're going? To that number one overall spot. And guess where Alabama's going to get moved down to? Number three. Yikes. And you're telling me Alabama's the number three team? No, I don't get it. College football I, rankings, you're flawed. Here's, here's – I've got two more, and then I promise I'm going to be done. Because uh, I don't, I don't want to just spend a whole bunch of time destroying the ranking system. But, like, for example, Cincinnati – is was number eight in the AP poll last week. <laughs> number eight, okay, three and zero. Oh. They went down a spot, and Penn State moved up. Did Penn did Penn State play last week? Oh no, they didn't because they shut down and decided they weren't going to play football, and then realized, oh well, maybe we can try to do this, and we want to still try to make the college football playoff. So somehow, without even playing a snap of football, Penn State was able to jump Cincinnati into that eighth spot without Cincinnati also losing a game. But then you have North Carolina, who was in the top 10, was playing really good football, and they lost to Florida State. 
No, no, North Carolina was not playing good football, and they shouldn't have been in the top ten. I will stand by my word on that. That team, I do not understand the hype behind it at all. I get their head coach is really good. I do not understand the that. I don't know why I just got so heated at that, but I don't understand the hype behind that team. And they lost to Florida State, and good for Mike Norvell. Good for I mean, him after needs, them after them fans calling for his job. He stopped needs to. it, but. And what's really what I really appreciated though with the AP voters was after a incredible football game between Memphis and UCF, they have Memphis at number twenty six, uh, and it's going to take some some losses in in the AP poll for Memphis to get back in. I I hate but saying this. It was still like for for Ryan Silverfield and the Tigers, the U, UCF has been a thorn in their side for forever i remember in 2013 my very first year in college uh i was in the band and we had when i say we had to endure those games fans would leave at halftime or even the first quarter and there would be maybe four thousand people like we thought so you thought social distancing was a new (laughs) thing go attend memphis football games in the early 2010s okay but like there were there were so many games where it was heartbreaking losses and UCF was one where we just – it was like we could never beat them. We could never get past them. And somehow, some way, Ryan Silverfield coached that team with Brady White without their number one receiver who chose to opt out, not, not upset with him at all. He chose to make a decision that was best for him. But they went in there – and they won that game by literally just making as many touchdowns as possible. Yeah, I, I got to say this, though. I do agree with Memphis not being ranked, sadly. I hate saying that. I want to see Memphis ranked. I do agree with them, and the reason being is because even though they won the game, if UCF's kicker didn't miss, they would have lost. Yeah, right. And so I, I do understand them being 26. Now, they did come back in that. I'll give them that credit, too. They came back from 21 points. Biggest, give them that credit, the Biggest yes. comeback in school history. And and I agree. Like, it, it's not even that it's – I wish they were in the top 25. It's more – It's that, understandable. That that almost never happens for Memphis, at least in our in our perspective. It's nev- it's, It would not have happened five years ago. But the right. voters have seen what the Tigers have done over the last little bit, and they've really uh, begun to respect the program um, because of the players that we're sending to the NFL. Um, there's that, and then the both the running backs and the kickers. Um, uh, we're not going to talk about Paxton Lynch, but but it's just it's really nice to see that happening. So I take Paxton Lynch. Over Andy Dalton right now, I'll tell you that. Uh, That's an absolute fact. (laughs) But we're going to wrap things up here on About Sports. Hey, guys, thank you for tuning in today. Nathan, thank you for coming on. I hope you enjoyed your time here. I did. Thank you so much for having me. Maybe you'll start your own podcast. You said before you were kind of wanting to start Mm, one. Maybe. We'll have to see. Yeah, so if he does, we'll keep you guys informed, and we'll send some of you guys over there because I know a lot of you that listen to this are – close friends and some of you I don't know honestly uh but and you guys want to listen to more Christian podcasts so maybe we'll convince Nathan Bradbury to get that going we'll see but hey guys that is it for today thank you for tuning in we hope you enjoyed um until next time I'm your host AB and I'm Nathan Bradbury and we'll see you next time hey fours up let's go thank you for listening to the about sports podcast Be sure to subscribe so you're alerted every time we post a new podcast. Without further ado, let's get right into things.